0: We can't let him get us against the ropes. We can't let him start throwing those haymakers. We have to resist him and rebuke him with God's word. You know, just this last week, you know, my water heater goes out. And you know what? I could have pitched a fit, through stuff, used profanity. I could have done a lot of different things, but I just smiled and went about my day. I drove to Lowe's and paid that great low, low price for that water heater. Uh And do we not have days like that, weeks like that? It hadn't been long, you know, and my washer went out. We got a new one. It went out two weeks later. (laughs) I go to work, have a blowout on the way. A tow truck has to take me to work. Um, It was one thing after another. And you know what was going on is Satan was throwing these punches. Because like I said, if he knows he can knock you backwards, he's going to continue to hit you. So fighting from the first temptation and every temptation... With God's word, and watch him flee from. Amen. Yeah.
1: We're celebrating this time where Satan thought he had won, but Jesus died on the cross, and he found out he didn't. Did he? Found out that we had the victory. Amen. Amen. So couple more announcements that wasn't in the bulletin um, that failed to make it in there. This Saturday coming up, the 8th, we'll, we'll be working here at the church from 8 to 12 that morning. If you can come, we there's stuff we can do cleaning-wise, washing, um, washing doors, try to get, hopefully get the building washed and, and looking good, and, and then fly our best to clean out, plant, whatever, and, and so there's stuff we can do, and uh, so we'd... Appreciate it if you're if you're willing and able to come help for just a few hours Saturday morning, then then come on, and um, we'll we'll have some breakfast here, of some kind, some you know pastries and biscuits or whatever, and and make sure you're fed before you eat. You can't stay in there and eat the whole four hours. You got to work. What's the Bible say? If you don't work, you don't eat, right? So, <laughs> but uh, but we do want to do that and have that time. So, um. Also, you know, Gisette put up the canvas back here. Don't forget, next Sunday, Easter Sunday, if you want pictures in front of that, you know, we'll we'll try to have something set up to where we can, we can have pictures Am I on? Are we good? Okay. It just didn't sound as loud as normal. So it's fine. You want to turn me up. No, it's all right. I was just making sure. Um, and remember that. And then also, you know, we have tremendous people that work with the children in the back. You know, Hallie, Elizabeth. Danielle, they work on Wednesday nights with them. And and the others that work with the younger ones at times, you know, when they're there. I don't know who all does it. Y'all women do a great job with that, okay? But the ones that are back here every Sunday and Wednesday, if you pray about it, and one Sunday a month, if you want to go back and say, hey, let me teach children's church today, and you come out here and listen to the word. All right? Because I know how it is to be back there. And sure. There's avenues where they can listen to the Word during the week. We have them ready every week for anybody who wants to listen to, but it's still not the same as being in here and listening to it firsthand. So just pray about those things. And and be. remember last week we talked about service? Be a service. Service here. Be a service to others here. Do all that. And so we can be a service here. We can learn how to be in service and to service to others out there. So that's just a couple of things there. Um and I think that was all of the announcements I had wrote down. That wasn't in the bulletin. But it's all right. Well, let's receive our offering. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Being obedient to God this morning. <sighs> um, as we pray this morning, a couple of prayer requests. Elvis Barber, we need to pray for him. Brent, come to me this morning. Said his stomach's just in knots. He's in the hospital right now. He's out. All right, and got a doctor's appointment. So, tomorrow, so we want to remember him. Um, he's had health issues for a while, but we know we serve a God that that's above all that, right? And and we can come through that. Levi, Levi's back and uh, you know, doing getting better every day, right? So, pray for him. We're going to pray for him later at the end of service, also. Um, but uh, there's a situation that come up in Miss Pat's family, and so there's there's three children involved. One, one. I guess he'd be a young adult, wouldn't he? And then two seven-year-olds that are involved with all this. And their parents, once they come back, may not be in the house anymore. They may be in jail. And and so sad situation for those two boys or twins or seven-year-olds that are named Lakin and Lincoln. Lakin and Lincoln. And so just remember those names. And the older one's name is Lance. Um, and so remember them in your prayer this week. It's, uh, you know... It's not. It's not going to be an easy road for them for a long time because of what was going on in their family, and and so we want to remember them in prayer this morning. All right. Well, let's pray and we'll receive her offering. Heavenly Father. We come right now. And we thank you for the time we've already had together. For the time we got to sing praises to your name this morning. And Father, it just opened us up for a spirit of worship in here, your spirit to move as we've already prayed numerous times this morning, that we'd be acceptive and open to the Spirit of God and Him moving in our our lives this morning and working through us. Father, we thank you for that. God, we just uh, we bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Elvis Barber that you touch him this morning. Right where is that, Father, that the stomach issues, the health issues is shaking. Father, you just work and move in his life. He turns his life to you and looks at you for his total healing and his strength right now. And we thank you for it, Father. God, we thank you for, for Levi and the good report we've had from him and, and him being back home. You continue to work and move in his life and bring health and healing. The same for Jessica, Father, that you continue to touch her, be with her right now, God, that you can heal her physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that she looks to you in every area of her life and, and claims that healing on her life. And we just thank you for it, Father. And we pray for Lakin and Lincoln and, and Lance, Father, these children of this, Father, things going on in their home with their parents, and you know what it is. And, God, you just touch and move in that whole situation, Father, that they can find peace through this and, and comfort. It only comes from you, and we thank you for it, Father. God, we ask that you be with the tithes and offerings this morning, that you touch and bless during this time. And, God, we look to you the rest of the service. In Jesus' name, amen. I, you know, I prayed for Jessica, Miss Brenda's granddaughter. Um, I saw her Thursday. And for a person that would that attempted to take their own life and, and shot herself in the head, you know, she's got a, stitches right here. You look at her, and I was looking, and I was like, it ain't a car wreck. She, you know, there was a gun that was put here, and she's got stitches right here where a bullet is. But she's just as attentive and cognitive and everything as us talking right now. And I told her, I said, like, look, you are a miracle. God's not done with you. And, you know, got a chance to show her some scripture verses to read and pray with her. And and you know, I just believe out of this that she's gonna see God that He's not done with her and let him move and work in her life. And that's that's our prayer. And and so so yeah, it's just, she's just it's a miracle right now that she's still here with us, but she is. So so anyway. Children can go to children's church this morning. All right, y'all excited this morning? I know I am. Amen. Amen. I know I am because look, for for preachers that get to preach around Easter, you know, you always it's like it's like Christmas almost. You you well, you're expected to preach a Christmas service on Christmas, right? not like you're expected to preach, and you are, an Easter service or Easter sermon on Easter. But it's something you get to study and do. You get to read about and study about the accounts again that Jesus went through. And we're not preaching Easter service this morning, but that's coming up next week. But we'll be talking about those times. Last week we talked about service and how Jesus served others. And we read how He's in the upper room washing their feet. I told somebody this week, I think it was Wayne's nephew, Nicky, at work. I was telling him about the service last week. He was asking. And I said, I think I may just come up and have a bunch of bowls and towels and not say anything. See everybody's reaction. See if you washed your feet this morning. But I didn't. Thought about it. So, you know, and we said last week that service, serving others as Jesus served others is sacrifice. It's going to take sacrifice in our own life. And, and how we do and how we, how we serve in our church and our own lives, house and our community serve, you know, it's going to take sacrifice of our time, our, our own pride and will and what we want out of the way to serve as Jesus served, because that's what He's done for us. And, and so but to serve others, you're not going to serve them if you don't love them, right? And so, today, we're going to talk about loving others. Jesus loved others, but also that's going to equal sacrifice also. You say, so why all this sacrifice? Well, because our ultimate sacrifice for sin was Jesus dying on the cross, right? That's our that's our sacrifice for sin. And and we're going to learn through this that love, and we've talked about it before numerous times, but we're going to go over it again. Because love in our world's form and what the world thinks of love is a perverted form of what God said love was. And, and so turn to John chapter 15. John 15 and, and we'll start in verse 9. And we'll read these verses and we'll go back and talk about them. But Jesus, and you don't think about it at this time, and, but he's still in the upper room, it's him and his disciples. He's not talking to a multitude, a crowd. He's still in the upper room with his twelve. Right? We're actually eleven because at this time Judas left. Judas, he done told Judas. He said, "Go and do what you got to do. Do it quickly. Do this." And so we all know what he went and sold him for those thirty pieces of silver and betrayed him. And and so he, he Jesus had all this going on, and he was still in tune with God's Spirit enough and the Holy Spirit in and working through Him, He didn't let what was happening bother Him because He knew it had to happen. He knew that He had to be betrayed. He knew that they had to come find Him. He knew that He had to be sacrificed and die on the cross to save us from our ultimate sacrifice. He knew that. And and so, you know, He uh, he he kept on and He kept teaching. And so He comes and and He says, As the Father loved me, I also... I also love you, abide in my love. We're going to come back to that verse nine in a minute. So let's read on. If you keep my commandments, you will be able to, you will, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than one laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. And you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in my name he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. So this whole section Is loving God first, right? And loving each other. Verse 9. So, we all know we equate love in our world's term with a feeling. Correct? If we don't feel loved, then there's something wrong. I've got to feel love. So, I've got to feel that I'm loved. How do we feel like we're loved in this world? By what somebody's getting us. By what somebody's doing for me. By how I'm being treated or talked to. It's how we feel loved. But love, and we've talked about a lot, is not a feeling. If love was based on emotion, which is what the world bases love on, then it it changes all the time. Love's not a perfect scale Then at that point. It's up and down. Because at that point, it's just lust. You know, I, I... I go back and I'll talk about my own son again. He loved like five girls at one time when he was a teenager. I think he had a girl at every school in the county. Oh, I love you. I love you. No, you don't. You lust them. And we've all been through it in our life. We lust after things and we call it love. Why? Because it makes us feel good. You make me feel good. My wife makes me feel good because I know that I love her. But when we have an argument or a disagreement and she don't make me feel good at that time, do I still love her? Yes. Because love's not a feeling. Love's not all based on emotions. Sure, emotions and feelings come out of love and what love is. But when we read in, Matthew, in John chapter 15 and verse 9, Jesus said, the words of Jesus are in red, right? As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. God's love because we can't fathom God's perfect love in our life because there's something wrong with each and every one of us that we can't show each other perfect love in our relationships, in our home, at church, because why? We still expect something from somebody else to be loved. We As parents, we get wrapped up with buying our children's love a lot of times. Well, I bought them all this stuff to make them love me. Well, then they go off and they disgrace you. So what have you done? you tried to buy their love and purchase their love, and it didn't do any good. And so we do that with our spouse. We do that with each other. Well, if I buy them this, they'll know that I love them. Well, in reality, you shouldn't have to buy them to know that you love them. It should be in your actions, your words, how you treat them, how you do. And the only way we're going to know true love is to look at Jesus on the cross. We're not going to know it besides that or, or anywhere around that. It's got to come from that. But... As the Father loved me, I have loved you. As I've read that several times this week, that first part, as the Father loved me. If we really think about how much the Father loved Jesus in relation to our own life and how we would do it. So put yourself as a parent in God's place. I love my children. You love your children. But in that, do you love them enough to send them to die. To send them to be disgraced, humiliated, beaten, scorned. All that. And you say, well, that was God and Jesus. That was His perfect plan. Well, I understand. But look at it in, in, our, in our human form. And how much we say we love our children. Do you love them enough to do that? Because we want to protect them from everything bad in this world. And and that's, there's no, nothing wrong with that. We want, we don't want bad things to happen to our children or our spouse or, or people around us that we love and, and and our friends. We don't want those things. God didn't want bad things to happen to Jesus either, but because man let Satan in, things had to happen and things had to fall in place. And I'm not saying that God's calling you by no means. Don't take out of this. I'm, I'm trying to, paint a picture of how we do as parents and love and what we think love is in this world. Because as parents, I would not want to send my children to do that. Right? Because why? We want to protect them. And that's because what we see as love is showing affection to our children and protecting them from everything. And that's what we do. And that's what God does with us. He don't want us to go through things, but He said, look, you're going to. And one of the problems that parents has today's time have is when children get old enough and adults, they still want to protect them from everything. They still want to bail them out all the time. They still want to, no matter what age they are, give them what you know, they, they want and give them money and give them all this kind of stuff to where they don't understand the responsibility and consequences of doing wrong things in their life. And they don't learn anything from it. And so they're 40 years old living in their mom's basement still dependent on them. Why? Because that's... We don't want them to suffer. And then, you know, it's a good thing that Jesus wasn't in this time. And you say, well, why is that? Well, because if we look today at the children today, what, what happens a lot of times? Children, they can, be grown, they can be raised in good households. They can have everything they ever want in their life. And then the first time the parent decides not to do that for them, oh, they don't love me no more. They don't love me. <laughs> they won't buy me anything. They ain't sent me nothing. I don't get nothing from them no more. It's treated awful. All this stuff. That's that's the that's the attitude of children today. Why? Because us as parents have gave them everything that they want in life that they don't understand. Hey, at some point you're going to go through things. You need to figure out how to do it yourself. And and so children, you can see, you see it. They'll tell their parents to court because of stuff they'll disown their parents you know, be, they don't have to uh um, be associated with them anymore because why because they didn't get what they wanted in life and it's that spoiled society but and so it's a good thing jesus wasn't in this time because he could have at any point right as brad read this morning and talked about at any point jesus when he was tempted in the Wilderness for 40 days or any of this time said, no, I'm not I'm not going to do this no more. I'm good. And got mad at God. I can't believe you sent me from heaven to earth and, and my celestial being down here to suffer and die for these people that don't even like me. I can't believe you've done that. And got mad at God for that. You say, well, that's that's silly. Jesus wouldn't have done that. Jesus had every opportunity to sin. Everyone. Why? Because He was as much man while He was on this earth. If you pinched Jesus while He was here, it would have hurt His arm. He would have bled. We know He bled. He bled for our sins. But He was as much God Himself. But He was tempted in all forms, yet without sin. And, and so, Jesus didn't blame God for any of this. Right? Why? Because He saw us today. He saw us April second, two thousand twenty-three. Sitting in church, reading and listening to the Word of God, why? And, and having accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior because of what He's done for us, He said, "I'm not doing this for me, because why? Because Jesus was the ultimate servant. His ultimate, He wanted to serve, so well, that He couldn't have served us and done this stuff if He hadn't have truly loved us. And then people want to spend it. Well, if God's good and God of love. Then why does all these bad things happen? You know, Josh, Josh." Speakman the other day was telling me, he's like, look, I about read through the New Testament, I'm gonna start in the Old Testament. And I'm gonna say, well, good luck to you. Because you get over in some certain points where God, like, writes down the law, you say, so is this the same God that I read about in the New Testament? Because why, if I work Sunday, if I work on the Sabbath, the week of the Sabbath, you know, why, why am I, I gotta go out and get stoned. There's numerous times in the Old Testament where it says, if they work, on this day of rest, kill him. When the walls of Jericho broke where we were down and all that happened, marched around seven times, God moved the walls of Jericho, there was one man that took a coat from that time, that took something out of there when God told him not to. And, and, brought, and it got known, hey, there's something here that don't need to be here. There's something in the camp that doesn't need to be in the camp. And God told him to purge all sin and all things that would be um contrary to the contrary to God and what in praising and worshiping him. So they found this man, his wife, his children, his livestock. I'm talking about his cattle, his sheep, everything about him. And they said, "Why have you done this?" He said, well, "I thought it was pretty." And he just took it, why? Because he got into his own lust. So so this is the God you're going to read about. The same God that sent Jesus that loved us enough, thank goodness that He did. And we don't have to do this no more. But He took them out and His family, and they stoned them. And there's still a pile of rocks there today, is what, it, what the Bible says, from where they've done that. And you say, well, love? Yes, God of love. But because of Jesus, He's not we're not going to be taken out and stoned, okay? You don't have to worry about that. And it's not a different God that was back in the Old Testament and New Testament. He just, we have repentance. This was how they got repentance back then and how they'd done things. And they still couldn't get close to God. But guess what? We can We can get there. We don't have to worry about these other things. Why? We still know that those rules are there. And we know that we need to follow the law that was written to a point and, and follow what God's Word says from Genesis to Revelation. There's churches that won't preach those things because they just want everything to feel good. They want you to leave feeling good today. I want you to leave feeling good. I want you to leave changed as we pray every day and every day before you come in here that you leave changed. That you let things break off your life that's holding you down and in that place and purge yourself of anything that's not of God in your life. And that's not easy because the love of Jesus and what He done for us and how we can show others the love of Jesus. It's not easy to do that. And so, Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, Jesus didn't say this, but the writer of Hebrews did. But this is what I got. Jesus is not of this world, of this time today where He got mad at John. This is what Jesus thought about it. He says, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by a great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin what so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What did he say? He didn't say because he was mad he had to do this. He did it out of, you know, just whatever I know I got to. No, he said for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy. Not an emotion, not a feeling, you no, know, not, not just on a whim, it was the joy. How could he have joy to do that? Because he loved us. Because his love was not based on an emotion. His love was based on a knowing that, hey, if I do this, they can be in heaven with me. If I do this, and this breaks all the other stuff of the law of Moses besides love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, Right? On these two hang all the law of the prophets. So if we get that right and love and love others as God loves us and show that love of us, then we can understand kind of what the love of God is and stop basing everything that we do in church, at home, at our work on an emotion and that feeling that we get where if I don't have butterflies in my stomach, then I don't guess I love them. If I don't, if I don't, you know, just feel this way or that way or, or whatever, then I don't guess they love me. If they speak to me harshly today or at this moment, then we got problems. We got issues. You know, we we there's there's no love there. There's no love. Well, if if that's going on constantly, then there's something going on in your life that you need to be taken care of, and it only starts at the cross. If you don't have that in the middle of your marriage, your relationship, your home, then these other things are not going to fall in place and you're not going to know what love is and we'll still go back to the world's version of love and then we now we try to serve others. That's how we try to love others. is what have you done for me lately? What can you do for me now? And so... He tells them the same thing where it says, Who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the same, and, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Back in John chapter 15 and verse 11, He says, These things I have spoken to you that your joy, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. Hey, guess what? It's the same joy. It's the same word. It's the same meaning. His joy for doing what he done for us because He loved us. He wants us to know that. We didn't come to Him based on what we've done done for Him, have we? But He said He loved us. He died for us while we were yet sinners. So if He died for us while we were yet sinners and still loved us through all that, then what's keeping us from loving others through those same things? Because to say that we love somebody means that we're going to have to serve them and we're going to have to forgive them. And that's tough. It's not easy to love as Jesus does. Not easy at all. Because we're all flawed humans. And we, and we go through things and we say things and do things that are contrary to that. So Jesus wasn't looking for a way out. he done it so we could have know His joy. We could see a glimpse of, of he done this with excitement. So He died and got beaten for excitement. No, He knew that the end result was going to be that we get to be in heaven with Him. He knew that the end result can be that we can have a time where we come into the presence of God. I'm gonna fall off here, see if I can walk on air. <laughs> that we can come into the presence of God and that temple veil was torn. When Jesus died on the cross, we know that they said that that temple veil was torn. And and it opened it up to where we didn't have to be just a high priest of some certain tribe and and only go into the holy of holies and them have to put you know some kind of veil on our on our on our pants leg to where we, if, if everything's not right we're going to die in that place. We don't have to do that. We can go to God with forgiveness and repentance of heart and get forgiven of what we've done in our life and then come back up clean, knowing that God's cleansed us and. Rem- those things and purge those things out of our life till we can show the love of God to others around us so so Jesus didn't do that Jesus didn't act like this world today he never did he didn't act like the world back then but but we can't comprehend it and so last week we talked about serving and we're going to have to read our pride our comfort level and most of all our time right to serve others as as God wants us to, Jesus didn't worry about time. He didn't look and say, well, "I would go over there and talk to them," but they didn't have clocks, so I'm just looking at like looking at the sun. We'd look at our watch and say, Man, "I need to be in bed by like eight. Up early tomorrow. I don't really have time today. I'll, I'll I'll talk to him tomorrow. I'll do it." He didn't do that. Why? Because he was here to serve, as he's told us to be here to serve. And so, when, he, when we can say we can serve others and we can get this out of our way, and so loving others is going to take, it's going to be sacrifice. It's sacrifice sometime in your own homes. Right? For all honest, it's sacrifice to love others as we need to in our own homes because in 1512 in he says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And Brad touched on it a minute this morning about commitment. And that goes along the same way. There's too many. And I know that there's the people in here that's been through divorce times and marriages in their life and different things happened. And and I'm not condemning you for that at all. Okay, because forgiveness at the foot of Jesus. Okay, I'm not at all. But there's too many in the body of Christ that have let that come in and happen. And didn't take a full control and authority over that, and 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 work through that and show the love of God during that time, because why? If I went through and we talked to the people in this room that have been through those times, you can say, "Why well, I just didn't feel like I loved them anymore." And and I'm I'm not calling anybody out, but that's what happens a lot of times. There may have been a lot worse more situations that went on, but. God's love does not fade away. The love of Jesus for us does not fade away. It wasn't strong when we, you know, it wasn't at its strongest. It's just like a man and a woman when they stand before God and they get married. And they say, oh, death threw us part. When we, when we make Jesus part of our life, we are joining with Jesus as one, right? And our greatest love for Jesus at that time. Oh, I can, I can bite bullets. I can chew nails up. You hey, know, I'm on whatever you want, God. I I want to do it right now. And then over time, like marriages do a lot of times, we seem like that love scale just goes down. Why? Because just like our relationship with God, people that's not in church today, and I'm not saying here calling anybody out, but there's a lot of people that have made Jesus order their life that have walked away. Because they didn't feel like they loved God as much. Oh, I love Jesus. Do you? If we really love Jesus, then we're not worried about, well, he's. I love him, but he's not, he's not doing this for me right now. That's the wrong type of love you're basing it on. You're basing love on a condition of what he's done for you when he didn't have to die for you. He didn't have to hang on a cross, but he did because he loved us. And so we've got to learn that how he loves us, we've got to show others love. And so we've got to learn that just as in life and relationships and things that we go in and go through, you know, that love, that love level, if we start here, when we say we, you know, when we get married. And if I started here, nearly be 25 years this year, right? 24, 24 years. Just a little close. I was close. When we stood here in the same church, same carpet, chairs, everything. So we stood here and we said, I do. July 24th, 1999. I didn't love her as much then, now as I did then, then we couldn't say 24 years later. Right? Has our love changed? I would say it's stronger. It's gotten more mature because we're not both just 20-year-olds thinking that we're grown up trying to make it. But there's still problems in times. And if we didn't work on it, and didn't put into it, and and allow God to work in our life, even though there's still then it wouldn't be. We'd be celebrating 24 years this July. And and it's the same in our relationship with Jesus. If we didn't work on our relationship with Jesus. Jesus is not the problem. You're the problem. We're the problem, because we've sat down. Okay, I'm saved. That's good. I could have done that with her. All right, we're married. You, you know, you got it. You got it. And she could try every day to show me love and to show me affection and to do things for me and to, and, and try to show me some type of love. And then I kept rejecting it. It's the same thing we do with Jesus. We say yes to Jesus for a little while because it feels good because we're in church and we get we get convicted, feel a little guilty. God, I'm sorry. I know I should be living better. I know I should be doing better. And that's good. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and 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 we need that in our life. I get convicted of stuff each and every day. God, take this away from me. More of you and less of me is my prayer. And and then we we get to a point to where, well, I'm good now. God, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you in a little while. And that's how we do church. That's how we do God. That's how we do a relationship. And then it boils right over in our relationship with people because we we expect more out of our relationship than just knowing that they love us. We expect things, material things. Y'all, y'all understand? Am I, am I making clear this morning? Okay. So, these same people, we, Daddy talked about it this morning. It's Palm Sunday. So the same people that crucified Jesus a week before were praising Him, wasn't they? Hosanna, the one in the highest. You know, great, worthy is He. Praise Him. Laying down palm branches for Him are the same ones that crucified Him. Why? Because their love changed in a week, didn't it? A bunch of women. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, they were emotional then, just like people are now. Women, men, and all involved were emotional. Why? Because at that point, they were like, oh my goodness, this is... And then guess what? Satan comes in and blinded them just like he's still doing today. And said, no, let's put put some doubt and unbelief in there. Let's put this in there to where you'll believe the whole multitude instead of what you know is real in your life. And that's how we still do today. And so it's the same thing as we're doing. We love Jesus for a little bit, then we're rejecting Him because it's not pertinent in our life. He's not doing something for us, but we're not doing anything either. And so... You know, it, it. we've got to stop basing what love is on emotions and feelings and base what love is on a knowing that I love you no matter what. I love you through the good and the bad times. For better or for worse. People say for rich or poor, or death do us part. And that's the same kind of concept we got to go into our relationship with Jesus in. Jesus, I love you not because of what I can get out of you or what you do for me. I love you for you because of what you did for me. And then that in turn says, well, what can I do for you because of what you've done for me? Because it's a free gift. A free gift. It didn't cost us anything to make Jesus Lord of our life. But it cost Him everything. And so we we use that in our life and then we say we love God and I love Him. But then... We'll get personal now, just like in our home and our relationships. I can't stand them. I hate them. They hurt me 20 years ago and done things and said things to me that I don't even want to talk to them no more. I can't, every time I look at them, I can't, I can't stand them. But we come to church. If I ask everybody in here, how many love God this morning? Show of hands. How many love God? Right? Well, it's easy, easy. How many's got somebody in their life that they know they're having struggles and and times loving as they need to? The Bible says, right? We preached and talked through First John, the whole book, a year ago or so, but we're going to revisit it, just in case you forgot. First John chapter four and verse twenty. We all raised our hand to both of these. The first one's good. The last one, we got things to work on. For someone says, We all just did this. We're on camera. You're going out on YouTube live, Facebook. So if I could pan, if I could get him to pan the camera around and saw all of you, you'd be caught on camera. I love God and hates his brother, sister, husband, children. Somebody, a relative, somebody that did something, an acquaintance, I hate him. He is a liar. For he does not love his brother, whom he has seen. How can he love God, whom he has not seen? How's that? How can you say you do that? He says, and this, and this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must, must, not maybe, not I'll work on it, not I'll try to get better, not, well, let me, let me see them next time and say what I need to say to them. And then I'll work on loving them. Now it says, must love his brother also. He didn't just say if you say you love God and you have problems and hate your brother, that you're just in a bad person. He said, no, you're a liar. A liar. Someone who does not tell the truth is what a liar means, right? So, if you love God, you gotta love each other. If you love God, Then you've got to serve each other. We're going to talk more next week about if you love God, you've got to forgive each other. So you must love your brother. We cannot keep holding whatever it is against someone that hurt us in word or action and say that we truly love God. Truly love God. We've all been given and shown how to love by Jesus' example. You say, well, I just can't. You can. You just don't want to. Because it's not easy. That's what we don't want to get away from. It's not being easy. And so, will you think it was easy for God to send Jesus to this earth to live and die for us? For him to watch that? No, because when he'd done it, he said he turned his back, right? What happened when Jesus said, said, This is it, and gave up the ghost? God said, I can't even watch, and turned his back. That's love. For us. So, I saw a clip of a movie this past week, and it just come up randomly. And I, and you may have seen it. You ever seen the movie Fireproof? Kirk Cameron come back out in 2016 or 17. And and so, I'll paint this this picture just in case you haven't seen it or don't remember. So, so he's talking to his dad, and in this movie. We know it's about him and his wife having problems and going through things and you know trying you know almost getting a divorce and different things like that. So he's talking, Kirk Cameron in this movie, he's talking to his dad at this scene, and he said, I'm, he said I have, you know, and I can't remember the exact words, but he said he said you know I've I've done this stuff. I've brought flowers. I've cooked, cleaned. I've washed her vehicle and all this stuff for her, and she keeps spitting in my face. She keeps rejecting. Me. He said I'm done. I'm done," he said. "How can I? This is I wrote this down. He said, how am I supposed to keep showing love to someone over and over that constantly rejects?' Mm. So his dad's standing there, and it just happened to be where they was at. There was a cross, and his dad just leans on that cross, and he looks up, and there's nothing said. And he said, "That's not what I'm talking about." He knew he was talking about God. He knew he was talking about Jesus. And he said, "You know, his dad says, tells him that that he said you cannot love her." Or he tells him pretty much the same thing. That's how we do Jesus all the time. He keep we he keeps doing this stuff for us. He keeps allowing us to be here. He keeps allowing us. He's allowed us to do all these things. And and yet he the invitation's right there. Every day, and we keep spitting in his face, we keep rejecting him, we keep rejecting the love of God because we can't get past our hatred for other people. We keep rejecting the cross because we don't understand what it means. We think we do, but yet he said he said all these things and and she said I, he, she just keeps rejecting me, and he said, he said, "You cannot love her." because you cannot give her what you don't have. We cannot show love to others as we need to if Jesus, first of all, is not Lord of our life. We cannot show others love of Christ if we have something against our brother or somebody around us. If we can't truly forgive others, we can't love them. If we can't love them, then we're not going to serve them as we need to. If we can't walk out to the poorest of the poor and the people around, them and love them genuinely, then we're not doing it in our own home either. But we've got to start there. That's where it needs to start, in our own home. And if we start in our own home, it can go out and do these things that we need to. But we've got to make a decision to love others whether they deserve it or not. Jesus made a decision to love us, and we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve any of it and i believe i'm speaking to a congregation this morning that has made that decision in their life that they're going to allow jesus to be lord of their life and allow his love to come in and reign supreme and let nothing nothing, nothing hinder that but there's people that may listen and may watch that don't know that there's going to be people that you talk to that doesn't know that you need to be the light and the example you need to be the one to show them love and love others as Jesus did, that no matter what happens in your life, and they're watching you, they're seeing you, they're, they're looking at you for, for hey, what, what are they going to do? How are they going to go through this? When somebody spits in your face, are you going to spit back? Are you going to show them the love of God through that? Because our first human reaction, if somebody actually spit in our face, would be to make sure they couldn't spit anymore, right? That's what we'd want to do. Jesus didn't do that. He said, no, I've come to, I've come to love them. So we didn't deserve the love of God, but He showed us that. He showed us that on the cross. He showed us that through what we can read. Take time this week to read the accounts of what Jesus went through for you, for you and me and all the ones that are in this world. He didn't, and, and, and what What's coming up this week in the Garden of Gethsemane in John? Read John 17 where it talks about how He prayed for His disciples. And He prays for us. He prays for you. Over 2,000 years ago, He's praying for you. Because He wanted to keep them. And, and so, in verse 13 of John chapter 15, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down His life for His own friends. So He's talking about Him. God's not called us to die for each other. He's called us to live for Him and live for each other. But we've got to show that love and that example through that love is Him working through us and ridden all these other things out of our life. And so, verse 17 says, These things I command you that you love one another. You love one another. That's a commandment. That's not just a, a, just a suggestion as, we, as we'd like to term it. It's a commandment. And that's a command straight from Jesus. So if it's straight from Jesus, that means it's a commandment from God. Because Jesus and God are the same, right? And, and so, for us to get past this in our life and show others how we love, how, how we truly love each other, we've got to do some changing. We've got to do some soul searching of our own. And we've got to look at ourselves. And ask God, Hey, remove these things out of my life. Remove any any unforgiveness, any, any sin, any hatred toward anybody else. Remove these things out of my life where I can show love as you want me to. As you have you shown me love. And as we pray for those things, ask the Holy Spirit to to reveal to us who in our life that we need to get forgiveness for. For not loving them as we need to, for not showing them that love, for for, for on to things for years and years that have brought hurt and pain in our life. And, and allow God to work in us to where we can get over those things and move on. And the next time we see that person, we don't want to punch them or hit them. The next time we see that person, we want to go embrace them. But the love of God allows us to. And, and so we've, we've, got to, we've got to work on these things. It's where the church is failing. The body of Christ is failing because we can't get it right in our own home. We can't get it right at church. And the world's looking at it, looking at us, and saying, well, they're no different than us. Because we're not showing them that we're different than us than than the world. We're not showing those things. So keep your love level for God here. And when your love level for God stays here, and your love for Jesus stays here, then the love you have for people will grow up to that point. Because your love for people is not going to start where your love for God is. It's a work. It's a work in progress. Don't ever let your love for Jesus stoop so low to where it's at the same level as you love everybody else. And your love for everybody else is awful. Let them both rise to that same expectation as what Jesus did for us. And and love others as Jesus did. Sacrificing something of ourselves to love others. And knowing that God's sitting on the throne today, Jesus is at His right hand. Saying, and Jesus is like, look, I did this for them. I did this for you. Go show it to the others. Amen? Amen. So y'all stand this morning. I said this earlier. That you cannot show love as you need to for others. If Jesus is not Lord of your life, it's got to start there. If you're just playing God and playing church, you're going to show love every now and then. You're going to show how God works and moves in your life and let him move just a little bit every now and then. Why? Because that's all you're doing with Jesus. It's good on Sundays, but it's not the same thing on Monday through Saturday. It's totally different. Two different lives. You're like the 007, right? You're a secret agent for Christ. That's not good, okay? We need to be a public agent for Christ. And and so we try to play both things. But I say it like I do every Sunday. Today is the day of salvation. If you've walked away in your relationship with Him, then it's the day to come back and allow Him and to be Lord of your life again. Submit yourself to Him. And then watch Him work and move in your life. Stop rejecting His love. Stop rejecting the love of Jesus and, and let Him work and move in your life today. So stop holding on. So, this time, take, as the music plays, pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to search your life right now. Search your heart. If there's anything, Jesus said, if there's anything you have against anyone, then forgive them. Right? And so, take that time right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come. Holy Spirit, we ask You to move right now. You just... Be in this time. God, as we, as we look to You right now, Father, You just search us. Search us, O oh Lord. God, show us where we need to change. Show us the situations and problems in our lives that we need to fully give over to You and let You be in control first and foremost and fully in our life. Father, we thank You for this time. God, we just thank You that we just come repent of heart, that we repent of these things. Father, You know what they are. And, and, and we take these times just to call them out to you. Just call them out. You don't have to say them loud. Father, just forgive me for this or whatever it is. And let him move and work in your life. Father, we just thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit's working and moving in people's lives this morning. Thank you, Father. If you've got any need this morning, come on and we'll pray and watch God work and move in your life.